0: And to Jesus be the glory. And I mean to Jesus be the glory. And all the honor and praise is his. Now and forever. And God's people said, Amen. Today, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to show you what the Bible has to say will happen to your life when you yield to the Holy Spirit. You know, I've been ministering on the Holy Spirit Monday I began and I just feel the Lord really is doing some beautiful things in many people's lives And I pray the Lord is touching you And I pray he'll continue to touch you bless you anoint you use you and God's people said Amen and dear Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you Lord for your promises To you belongs the glory and the majesty the honor power and dominion now and forevermore we love you with all of our hearts and god's people said amen all right now hebrews chapter 10 please hebrews chapter 10 verse 29 we have to understand that the holy spirit is very gracious too gracious to force himself on anyone. That's why the Bible calls him in Hebrews 10, 29, the spirit of grace. Well, in that portion of course, of course it talks about those who sin willfully in verse 20, 26. And then it says of how much solar punishment suppose ye shall he be the worthy who are trodden underfoot the son of God and hath counted the blood of, of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite under the spirit of grace the writer to the Hebrews was talking to early Jewish believers because some some of them were going back into Judaism they were leaving the faith basically and he was saying to them in verse 26 if we sin willfully and he was talking about apostasy here he he wasn't talking about you know weakness in someone's life because we all sin all have sinned but when 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 someone sins willfully often in the bible it means apostasy who willfully leaves the faith and here in verse 29 he calls the holy spirit the spirit of grace so the holy spirit is too gracious To force himself on any one of us. So he must be welcomed. He must be welcomed. And we must yield to him. If we want his blessed power, his presence, his blessings on our lives, we have to yield to the Lord. So, Luke, let's go to the Gospel of Luke and let's go to chapter 24 and let's go to verse 49. And behold, I send the promise. Now this is the Lord Jesus giving the promise. And I send the promise of my father upon you. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So the Lord here wants every one of us to be empowered. Uh, So, our Christian life will become fruitful, effective, victorious, and we can become useful to his kingdom. Now, before God can trust us with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to go through exactly what he experienced in Luke chapter 4, because every believer will come to that place where we will be tempted by the enemy the bible says in luke 4 verse 1 and jesus being full of the holy ghost returned from jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he afterward hungered now the question is why does that happen well because Before God can really trust you with his power, you have to know how to use his word. I just said something very important. You cannot be trusted, any one of us, myself, we cannot be trusted with the power of God till we learn how to use his word against the enemy. And so it says in Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan. Was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted. Why? That's how he learned to use the word against the enemy. And that's very important because the power of God cannot flow without the word in our life. The Bible says, quicken me. The psalmist in Psalm 119 said, to the Lord, quicken me through your word. Or only the word can quicken us and the holy spirit uses the word to empower us so that's the only way we can be empowered through the word of god so now the minute we are empowered and and again you nor i can yield to the holy spirit till we have known the power of the word of god god's word Oh, the Bible talks about the entrance of thy word giveth light. It gives such power into the lives of God's people. So the entrance of your word brings light. That's where the power of God enters. Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. So God Almighty first has to really quicken us with His word. That's why I believe waiting upon the Lord is very easy when the Word of God is in someone's life. You know, the Bible talks about they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Well, it's not about sitting you know, quietly as much as we should sit quietly in the presence of God and wait. But true waiting is, is really, how shall I say it, empowered by the Word of God in someone because, Otherwise, it's flesh. Otherwise, it's waiting in the flesh will will, will produce nothing but boredom and weakness. People get tired physically. But when the word of God causes you to wait, oh, I wish I can explain that better to you. It's like like when, when I read the Bible, it's where I become focused. I become still. I noticed this morning, you know, as I do so often, after, after I read the word, everything in me is just still. So stillness is the result of the word, the abundance of the word. There's two kinds of quietness. There's quietness, Comes because someone has nothing to say. Or the quietness that comes because we have too much to say and cannot say it. So one is out of lack. One if one is out of abundance. The quietness that moves God is out of abundance. Because the flesh. So let's say someone says, "Well, I'm going to just be quiet before God." But there's no word in their heart that quietness is flesh it'll produce nothing in fact in fact it is dangerous because in a in a christian who is weak it can open the door to the demonic so the word of god is what truly will birth true quietness in us and i'm saying something here very important you know in many religions, uh, different religions, when, when people get quiet, they get into the demonic. And then supernatural things happen because they start humming and repeating certain words that attract demons. But that's not the quietness God tells us to be involved in. They that wait upon the Lord has nothing to do with the body or the mind being quiet, it has to do with the spirit of man becoming so still because it is so full and, uh, and the Word of God is so abundant in the spirit of man that you just can't talk. And now you are waiting as a result of abundance and that's what brings the power of God. It happened to me this morning. I, I, I was reading uh, First Kings. And I just got so, how shall I say, just the word of God had such an impact on me. It happened so often that I just became so still and quiet as I began to worship the Lord. And suddenly a new song came out of of my heart and I just kept singing to the Lord. You know, no tape playing, nothing, no music. I just began singing. And I felt my whole being go into supernatural tranquility, really peace that passeth all understanding. And that is what brings the power of God. And that's really what brings a new song, you know, the Bible talks about in the Psalms, how how waiting upon the Lord will give someone a new song to sing to the Lord. But now when that happens, and by the way, I really hope this is helping you. And what, what happens The first thing that happens when the power of God is truly there, I'll show it to you. Let's go to Acts chapter chapter 2 and verse 33. And Peter says, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. You know, the first thing that will happen when you are really empowered, is you'll glorify Jesus immediately. And and the Lord said that the Holy Spirit will come to glorify him. And I've experienced in my life that's the first result of the part of God. So John 16 verse 14, because the minute the Holy Spirit, like this morning time, time to me, the minute uh, the power of God began to move in my heart. The first thing, the first thing out of my being, I worship you, Jesus. I bless your name and I glorify. Everything in me was just wanting to worship the Lord. And it says, he shall glorify me in verse 14, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. So we become a vessel through whom the Holy Spirit fulfills his special ministry of glorifying Jesus as Lord. That's what, what happens when the part of God really is flowing. And that's how you really know someone is being used of God. They, they begin to just glorify the Lord continually. Um, and now the second thing, by the way, and by the way, let me just read one other thing, is verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Now, this is something very, very powerful. The minute we begin to glorify the Lord, we begin to see and know things we have not seen or known. Because the, 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 the Lord says he will glorify me. And the next thing the Lord says is all things of the Father has are mine. And then he will take of mine and show it to you not that powerful now secondly the second thing that will happen when the part of the Holy Spirit is so real in our lives is Ephesians 1 13 and on it says in, in whom also you, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit and that's what happens to us. When the power of God is flowing, we are sealed. And then it says, which is the earnest or down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the place of his glory. And if you read right through, uh, Paul talks about afterwards uh, to the church in Ephesus. He says, I, give, I, I, I don't stop to give thanks for you, but the God of our Lord Jesus, verse 17, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. Meaning that God begins to give himself to us. We we, we begin living that amazing life in the spirit. And God Almighty gives himself to us and his amazing power. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. In and marvelous. So, verse 18 is so powerful that we will know the hope of our calling and we will know the riches of the glory of His inheritance in us as His people. That to me is incredible. Number three, number three, is our prayer life will go into a deep dimension, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the deep dimension is, and I've experienced this, and I'm sure some of you have, where you pray while you're sleeping. Do you know that's actually possible? In in the Song of Solomon, chapter chapter 5, I want to show this to you, it's so beautiful. So Song of Solomon 5, and I'm going to read verse 2. It says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. Wow, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved that is knocking. Do you know that sometimes when you're sleeping, the Lord begins to knock on your heart so you can fellowship with him while you're sleeping? Saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, wow. So this is happening during the church while we are asleep, physically asleep, because it says, I sleep, my heart is awake, and now I hear the voice of my beloved saying to me, open your heart to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew. Meaning, we begin to experience the presence of God even while asleep. I've had that happen to me many, many times when the Lord just touched me while I was sleeping. It's, and I'm sure it's, it's happened to you. That is the result of yielding to the Holy Spirit. I've been talking the whole time about yielding. So when we yield to him and the power of God becomes real to us, one of the things God will do is we begin to pray, experience fellowship with God even while we're sleeping, and that is what it means, pray without ceasing. Now, pray without ceasing also means, you know, continue to pray, like don't ever give up praying. But there is a deeper prayer without ceasing that is ongoing fellowship with God, where you can't stop talking to the Lord. I've known times I could not stop praying in tongues. I just couldn't stop. I tried, but I couldn't stop. And that is so remarkable, that is so beautiful. Okay, now that's number three. Number four is John fourteen twenty six, And that is absolutely incredible, people of God. Because in John 14, 26, we begin to experience the depth of the word of God in a way we haven't seen before. Like truly our eyes will be open and we, be, we begin to behold wondrous things. So in verse 26, but the Comfort of which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance. That is a powerful, powerful truth, and when you look at chapter 16 and verse 13, it also says, "Howbeit when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into what all truth. Think about nothing, no limits to the revelation, knowledge, of the word. Of God in our life no limit whatsoever I had a group of young people come to see me last night one of them uh, is well known young man very prophetic and I, as I began to talk about the Word of God uh, and and the Lord he I could see he was very touched he began to weep and then I I talked about how we must get deep in the scriptures. And he said, even the book of Leviticus? I said, absolutely. Because that book is scripture. And the deeper we go, the more our eyes open to even the difficulties in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Because Jesus said, we will be led, that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. That even means the genealogies, you know, and much more than that, the types and shadows. All right, now, number five. Number five is Acts 9 and verse 20. And this is the life that the Lord wants us all to have. So, look at verse 20. It says, and straight away he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he's the son of God. Paul the, the apostle, had the knowledge of the word, but the revelation of the word came after he met the Lord, and after Ananias filled uh, came and laid hands on him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began living this life. So the power of God is the only power that takes logos and makes it rhema, takes the letter and now we have life. A lot of people know the Bible. Uh, We were talking last night about how certain groups worship doctrine and they don't know the Lord because they are very legalistic people who attack you and never forgive you and don't give you a chance to grow in the Lord. And there's a lot of Pharisees today, just like 2,000 years ago, it hasn't changed. And people who are legalistic don't know the Lord. They know doctrine. They even know the Bible better than some of us. They just don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't know the presence of God. It's all letter. And the letter kills, the Bible says. And I'm telling you, uh, only the Holy Spirit can change that in someone's life. One, one, one other thing that will, will, will happen to, to us, <clears throat> when we are living this kind of life where the power of the Holy Spirit is reality, and, and as we yield, and that is, we will know God's timing in everything, for everything. And Act 16 is a great example in verse six. Now when they had gone throughout Pergia in the region of Galatia, this of course, you know, parts of Turkey today, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Messiah, they assailed or tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, north of Greece, who said, "Come and help us." So here you see how the Lord, uh, because of His power in our lives, gives us His 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 timing. So we are, we are truly led by the Spirit to, to go places or wait for the right time to go to those places. So, one, one other thing that I want to say here. Um, the Lord does not give any one of us his power um, unless there's a need for it. Because his power will not be given to those who, who don't have a need for it. You know. In John 7, in John 7, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 7 and verse 37, a very beautiful scripture as we all know, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. So there has to be a need because our need, our need is measured, is measured by our desire. So only the Holy Spirit can give us desire for His power. So the power of God doesn't doesn't belong to those who don't want it, you know. So the Bible says in Luke 1:53, He had filled the hungry with good things. He had filled the hungry, blessed are they that hunger. So there has got to be a need, but more than that, we have to ask for it. So I'm talking to. I'm sure a lot of you, that really, really are desirous. you, You desire the power of God in your life. You're hungry for the power of God in your life. Well, I think it's time you ask him for it. I do. I do all the time. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask, you know, I mean, I've been ministering 48 years and, and I ask the Lord to anoint me every single time I'm, I'm up there ministering. Because God will not, you know, use you with an old anointing from last week. It's, it's, it's a fresh touch, it's a fresh anointing. And we have to ask for it. That's what uh, in Ephesians 5, it says be filled or stay in a, in a, in a place of fullness uh, by, by, the, by the Spirit. That means daily surrender. Now, uh, Psalm, Psalm 81, as I am almost done. Psalm 81 verse 10, I love that scripture. Look at verse 10 of that Psalm. Um, and the Lord says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I shall fill it. Wow. So, we must, we must be active. So, you know, in, in, in John, whosoever will let him come and drink. Okay, now, I have a glass of water here. I cannot drink it till I do what? I open my mouth. And I drink it. I begin to pull the water out of the glass. I begin to drink the water. God's not gonna force it, you know, upon me. So think about that the, the part of God is available, no different than this water is available for me to drink now. So it says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So simple. I'm the one who swallowed. God will not swallow for me. I swallow for myself. That's an act of faith. I'll do it again. I just swallowed. We do it every day in the natural. The power of God will not come till we siphon it, we receive it. But God will not force His power upon any one of us. And it's impossible. It's impossible to siphon the anointing without the presence of Jesus, impossible. So you and I cannot drink till we are at the presence of the Lord in the spiritual realm. His presence enables us, ah, siphon, breathe it in, receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, Show them how, come on, lift your hands. Lord, show them how to surrender, teach them how to surrender, to siphon the anointing, which belongs to every one of us. Your amazing power that your people might siphon it. Your word declares in Deuteronomy, Jacob siphoned oil out of the rock. Lord, let every one of us today receive that oil. In Jesus' name, you are a rock. We give you the praise. We receive it, Lord. You are the giver of the Holy Spirit, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. Touch and meet every need, I pray. In your mighty name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen. I pray this has been a blessing to you today. Ah, oh, thank God for his my wonderful presence. I'm sensing it here already. It's time to give. It's time to love him and declare our love with the act of giving, because giving is worship. Loving is something we do by giving. You know, uh, both of my children, uh, Jessica and Joshua, it's their birthdays this week. And we're already planning to celebrate their birthdays and give them a love, not just by saying, I love you, but we do something as parents, as families, and friends who are going to be there. That's tangible to say, I really love you, so here's something I want to give you. We do it every Christmas, even to people who are neighbors and friends. Think about the Lord. Our worship is a gift of love. You can't worship without giving your life, giving your heart, giving your adoration, your surrender. But also giving our money is an act of worship, an act of love. And that's what Paul said in in Corinthians, prove the sincerity of your love. He was talking when, when he talked about giving all right let's do it now you can you can sow your seed of love right there on the platform you're watching me on or you can go to our website benahin.org, or you can text your gift of love to the lord uh, by just using your phone bhm 45777 and don't forget to order my new book get your copy, Mysteries of the Anointing, published by Charisma House. It'll be out April 5th. So you can pre-order it from bookstores. Go to your bookstore or call your bookstore or on Amazon, online, and pre-order this book. And you can also get it from our ministry by going on our website. Much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow for another beautiful day. Love you. Bye-bye.